what we started on watch night, which was to push forward. Amen. So if you were there or you listened to the sermon, uh, you know that the P was for what? Purity. Amen. And so on this Sunday, we're going to move to the U, which is unity. And as I, you know, I, I, I heard, and that's the thing about God, he always keep you on your toes because when he gave me, when he, when he gave me the U, when he said unity, I'm thinking he's going to be talking about unity to him, like being connected to him. But I, I got into it and he said, no, connected to one another. Right. And, and, and we have been taught, we have been taught to, um, we have been taught to kind of just do us, focus on us and ours, right, to, to move forward um, in an individual type of way. Amen. When really and truly we're supposed to be walking in, in unity. As Christians now, we're supposed to be walking in unity. And so that's why I read Psalms 133 and 1. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. But I love the second and the third verse as well. It says, It is like the precious anointing oil. Amen. Running down from Aaron's head and beard down to the collar of his robe. Like when you're walking in unity, right, that's how the anointing flows. And when you're out of step with God and when you're out of step with one another in the house and with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, amen, the anointing don't flow right. It doesn't flow right. Right? It is like, the third verse is, it is like the dew of Mount Hermon falling on the hills of Zion. That is where the Lord has promised his blessing. Life that never ends. It's like, you know, when you get up in the morning and you see that dew on the ground, how it's covering everything, it's covering the leaves on the trees. That's how the anointing is supposed to fall when you are united in worship. Right? So if y'all remember the, 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 the sermon from last Sunday on purity, when I got to the part about being clean, and I started saying, don't it feel good? Don't it smell good? Now imagine the dew, right? Imagine the anointing falling on the house. Not just this house, but your own house. Imagine the anointing falling on your job. Imagine the anointing falling on your kids. Imagine the anointing falling on that sick parent, right? Right? But in order for that anointing to fall, you got to be connected in unity to Christ and to one another, right? So when you pray, when we do that prayer list, when Brother Marcus is asking, right, He's asking for prayer requests, right? And we see things pop up in the church group or we, or we are in whatever setting when we are together, when we take in communion, the same thing is supposed to be happening. The anointing is supposed to be falling. God is supposed to be present. Things are supposed to be happening. Life is supposed to be changing. That's what's supposed to be happening when we step into the church house. Things are supposed to be shifting. Old stuff is supposed to be falling off and new stuff should be coming to life. Old problems need to start going away, right? And new solutions should start occurring. That's what happens when you are in unity with God and with one another. And so how God brought me to this message was I was at work and I was I went outside and we have this long car name and so about 30 minutes before we start dismissing, somebody goes outside and take car names. And I just so, it's either me or the counselor. And I just so happen to go outside and they begin to take car names. 
when I got down, further, far down the line, and I was walking up, and somebody said, Jonathan Johnson. And I said, who called me? The North folk, don't, they don't say my first name. They say Mr. Johnson. But she had a mask on. And it was one of my classmates from high school. And she said, I know you and your wife. You know, I know y'all are praying people. She said, y'all just continue to pray for me. She said, I just finished my last round of chemo. I said, oh, you know, my face, your know, expression changes. She said, it's all right. She said, I'm on the other side of it now, but just continue to pray for me. But as I was walking back to the car, I was just like, it, it like, you know, and I know other people who have had cancer. I know other people who are in chemo right now. But I guess it's just the fact that I haven't seen her and the fact that she had cancer and the fact that I know she's my age. I began to think, like, what if that was my wife? Right? And you don't want to think about, like, hey, she only like 40-something. And I know, you know, age don't have nothing to do with cancer, but it's just like something hit me like, bro, you're not 20 no more. Right? And so I'm walking back, and I'm just thinking, like, what if I had to deal, because her last name changed, so I'm used to calling her her high school name, and I saw her, and her but her last name changed, and I'm just like, I began to think about her husband. And then I began to think about, like, what if I had to care for Pastor T through that? Right? And, and I just, like, start thinking, like, man, like, if something happened to my wife, I was like, yeah, I'm pastoring, I'm preaching all this stuff, but it would be hard. I would be having to fight not to be done. I'm just telling y'all the honest truth. I would have to fight. Like, I know God going to have to come and rescue me and get me out of that hole, right? And so all these thoughts running through my head, and then, then at the same time, it's a beautiful day. Like, if it, the weather is just right and the birds flying and it's just like the breeze is going, right? And then the Holy, it's like the Holy Spirit just brought this turn back to my mind from when I was in school, and that, and that word is creation care. So when we talk about Adam and Eve, when God placed Adam in the garden, right, he said, Adam, I want you to basically care for my creation, right? Care about the air, care about the animals, care about the water, like care, right? But not only that, I want y'all to know that you all are God's creation, so that means that God, like, he wants us to care about deeply, like, not just in passing care about one another, but he wants us to deeply care. He wants us to deeply care about one another. He wants us to be moved like I was moved, right? And, and, and it's like the world desensitizes us. And I say that because, like I say, I know other people who have chemo, going, breast cancer, like, they're going through stuff. I know people who have died from it, Right. But I don't know why all of a sudden when I saw her, it's like that thing hit me a little bit different. It, it like it brought me, it brought it like a little closer to home. And she's not my immediate family. You know, we would we weren't close friends, but it, I don't know why. I know it had to be God. That thing just became a little bit closer. Right? And I think God was trying to say, like, when you're going to push forward. If he like he was talking to me like son, he's like son. If you're gonna push forward in pu- it, in purity and unity, and I ain't giving y'all the S and the H still, but if you're gonna push forward, right, you're gonna have to care more deeply. And it's like I'm, I'm talking. I'm like, I feel like I already like, whew, like God, I do so much already. I'm trying to hold stuff, and he's like, but in order to push forward. 
you're going to have to do it even more. You're going to have to care even deeper. And that's the thing. It's like we want to just say, well, yeah, I, I checked on it. I texted them. But God said in order to push forward in unity, you got to really, really, really care. Right? And so I have it. I have, and, and, and this is part of the problem, and I have this in my notes, right? It says the Holy Ghost cultivates, it cultivates a love for other people. And I say that's part of the problem is because some of us don't have the Holy Ghost. We're not full of it. And in order to push forward, you got to be full of it. Because it's going to cultivate, it's right, it's going to cultivate a love for other people. Unity in the Holy Spirit helps us understand what it means to be wrong. And at the end of the day, y'all, we all wrong. At the end of the day, we all wrong. So what, what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is if, if we all wrong, that means we should have a special love and a special understanding for people. And our desire is to should, should be to help one another get out of our wrongdoing. Right. It should help. It, it, our desire should to be to help one another be better. To put down things that are tearing us down. To move past things that are hindering us. To move past things that are stopping us. Because when we look around and we all in the wrong. We got to look around and say, I don't want it to be like this always. We got to get right, y'all. That's unity. Understanding that only comes from the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you don't look at things that way. You look at, it's I'm a bear for If I'm a bearer, would just do this. If my child would just do this. If my husband would just do this. If my wife would just do this. If pastor would just do this. If my boss would just do this. Everything would be better. If something is wrong, right? We went through a whole season of 2021 talk about times of distress. Who's supposed to be the solution? We are. If something is wrong in your environment, your Jesus and your Holy Ghost should be so strong that when you step in the room, stuff starts to change. You might not fit, even fix it in your lifetime, but something should shift. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Right? It might be where on that on that job or in that environment, you only able to change one or two people. But that's one or two people who would have been in the wrong if you had not opened your mouth and showed them love or connected to them in some form of unity. Right. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't think that way. You just look at people who she got a bad attitude. Why? Why? Oh, he's so angry. Why? Lord, help like help me be the solution. Help me figure out how I can help this this person. Because I believe that if I can just unite, if I can bring them to you and I can just unite or connect with them in some type of way, right? If you lead me and guide me and I can connect to them in some type of way, then the anointing is going to fall. It's going to be like fresh dew. It's going to flow down from you on to me on to them, right? If you blessed, when you get around other people, they shouldn't be able to help but be blessed too. Jesus hates self-righteousness. Most of the time when he's fussing at the Pharisees 
And the Sadducees is because they think they right all the time. Most of the time when he's fussing at them, and when I say they think they right, they think they right in religious matters, not just right by some old random stuff. They think they right when it comes to God, to the things of God, when really they're wrong. Some of us, especially ministers, you have a hard time relating to people because you're so busy looking at what they're doing wrong that you fail to really show them love, like to get in the trenches with them. Right? That's what I mean by deeper. You fail to actually get in the trenches with them. I'm not saying excuse their wrong, but you got to get, if you're going to push forward, you got to get in the trenches with people. And it might take years for them to get it right. It might take years for them to show the devotion, right, that you know it looks like when a person is serving, serving Christ for real. But in order to push forward in your own personal walk, that's what you got to do. Pushing forward costs the unity and experience. I got in my notes and say, some of y'all like hanging out. You better be connected with the people with the Holy Ghost. Right? Stop hanging out with people. That, 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 and watch what I say now, because I got some nail after this point. Stop hanging out with people that you know don't love the Lord. Right? Stop hanging out with them. Did I stop? I'm not telling you don't go around them, but when you go around them, if you're going to go around them, you need to be giving them the word. Right? You need to be trying to trying to shift their environment. Like if God leads you to go somewhere where you know people ain't right, you need to be the person trying to shift the environment, not just sitting there hanging out with them. Everyone is just another opportunity to minister evangelize. Everyone. Everybody on your job, all your family, every single person in your life, everybody that come in that gym, everybody that does ask everybody, every baby, every parent that comes in that daycare, every house you drop a package off. It's just another opportunity to minister and evangelize. Right? And so for the rest of this sermon, I'm going to be reading Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 32. And I know y'all might say, ooh, verse 32. That's a lot of verses, Pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we're going to push forward. Right? And so as Paul is talking to the Ephesians, it says, I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord beseech you, and he's begging that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Paul is saying, walk in your, I'm begging you to walk in your calling. If you're going to push forward, you're going to have to walk in your calling. Your calling is not your job. Your calling is not being a coach. Right? Your, your calling is not being a teacher. That's just the tool. That's just the tool. That's just the that's just the door that God opened. Your calling is the word, is the testimony that you have inside of you that's going to impact your players' lives. That's going to impact your students' lives. That's your calling. Paul is saying, I beseech you to walk in your calling. Some of us spend too much time trying to walk in our job. Some of us spend too much time trying to make money. 
walking God. God said if you just walk in your calling, everything else will be added unto you. You trying to build your business for the money, right? Build your business because of your calling. Walk in your calling. Right and as you walk, then Paul says, with all loneliness and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Right? So when you walking in your calling, you can't just be out there like I'm walking in my calling. Y'all can't tell me nothing. No. You're gonna have to put up with people who don't understand your calling. You're gonna have people that don't want your calling. And you're gonna have to do it anyway. With lowliness and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another in love, right? Endeavoring, right? This is the goal. Endeavoring means the goal. This is what you're trying to do. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's the goal. Baby, saying amen. (laughs) There is one body and one spirit. Y'all hear that? There is one body and one spirit. You either part of the body of Christ or you're not. There is one body and one spirit. Right? Even as you are called in one hope of your calling, right? You have your calling for a reason, and that hope is that you will glorify God, that you will share the gospel. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? It ain't no separate things. When I go on the ward and he go on the ward, it's all for the same reason. We're testifying that we love Jesus. He don't go in the water for a different reason. He shouldn't go in the water. I shouldn't go in the water for a different reason. When we take communion, it shouldn't be for different reasons. When we step in the house, it should not be for different reasons. We all need Jesus. Your need might look a little different, but at the end of the day, it's the, it's the same basic need. We all need Jesus. So if we all need the same thing, we all should be on one accord. If we all need the same person, we all should be inviting the same person in here. Stop bringing all your problems and your trouble in here. And then now we can't focus on Jesus no more. This is Jesus' house, not your house. Right? If you come in here, your stuff got to stop at the door and Jesus got to take over. And that's how you leave different than you came in. You got problems at home, right? When you bring them, right? Leave them at the door. Get Jesus and don't pick don't pick your stuff up when you walk back out. The seventh verse says, but unto everyone that is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led the he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Talking about Jesus and, and him transcending. Now that he ascended. What is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Right. And if you read that in another verse, all this is saying is that God came from on high down here to be like us. Right. To serve. Right. And then when we get to the 11th verse, right. So somebody might be saying, so pastor, you saying all that's got to be alike. No, no, no. Because the 11th verse tells us, he says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teaching for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So simply put, yes, we are all united in one body, but we are different members. There is one body, but all of us are different and all of us have a role to play. That's why the first verse tells us that I beseech you to walk in your vocation. If you don't do what you're called to do, that means this house is lacking.
So everybody that's a member of 3PD, you got something that you're supposed to be doing. If you don't do it, then we missing out on something. Fallon, if you don't share your testimony, if you don't exercise in your gifts, then we can't be whole. We need you to be whole. Yeah. A little small church. You're looking dead in your face. You can't hide. Hallelujah. Right? Why, right? Why do we need why do we need one another? Why has God given us all these different callings? The twelfth verse says for the perfecting. That's that pushing forward for the perfecting of the saints. We're trying to be like Jesus. We need all these little pieces. We need all these little testimonies. We need all these little stories. We need all these little differences, all these little prayers, all these experiences for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ. That's what we're working towards. He said, we need all of that until we come to the point that we're like him. Right? And I always say sometimes in my prayers, say, God, I want to be like you so I can one day see you. I want to be like you so I can one day see you. Paul says that we henceforth be no more children. Toss two and four. Talk about pushing forward. At what point in your Christian walk do you start saying, right, the old things are behind me? I'm pressing forward. I know what I did in 2022. I know what I did in 2021. I know how I used to be. I know what I did in the first marriage. I know what I did in the second marriage. Right? I know what I did when I was in college. I know what I did when I was in middle school. I know what I like, right? When do you push past that? And you say that's when we, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they wait, wait, they lie and wait to deceive. Thank you, Lord. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Right? You got to grow up in all things. From, from whom the whole body fit jointly together. And compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Which has a lot of words. He's just saying being joined together. This whole fourth chapter is about unity. If you can imagine arms being sewn to the shoulder, the shoulder being sewn to the torso, the torso being sewn to the legs. All he's saying is, right, that we're supposed to be a whole body fitted, jointly together, compacted by, right, by, by the muscles and the tissue, right, working in order that the body may increase and edify itself in love, right? We're supposed to grow as a body. You can't grow as a church. You can't grow as a body when the only thing that you are concerned with is you. Thank you, Lord. Paul tells them not to walk as Gentiles, right? He say Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. What does that mean, Pastor? That means 
Gentiles, people that don't know God, they just go to and fro thinking everything about them. And it's vanity. At the end of the day, vanity is like fake jewelry. You walk around like, ooh, look at me. And then as soon as water hit it, it turned green. That's, that's what some of our works are going to produce. It's like it look, it look good on the outside, but at the end of the day, it's worthless. It's vanity. Right? Having the understanding, right? Gentiles have their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness that's in their heart. Stop relying on your feelings all the time. So I go back, I go back to saying you don't know how to do what I'm talking about if you don't have the Holy Spirit. We rely too much on our feelings. I feel it in my heart. Your heart is deceitful. The Bible tells us that your heart is deceitful. Paul is telling us right here that your heart can be blind. Your heart got some blind spots in it. You got to stop relying on your feelings and rely on the spirit and the word. Get in your word. Your word will reveal to you whether you're right or you're wrong. The word will teach you. The Holy Ghost will teach you whether you are right or you're wrong. Right? And part of unity is, is us holding each, holding each other accountable for doing that. You want to solve a problem in your marriage? Use the Bible. Let them argue with God. He ain't arguing with me. He say right here. <laughs> you take that up with God. Right? And I'm not saying you use the word to argue back and forth with, but you use it to you you use it to correct. What is Timothy? All them things Timothy say is good for? Correction and reproof and, and, and all them things. That's what you use it for. Instruction. Right? Paul says that Gentiles who being who, being past feelings, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. Right? But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed by the spirit of your mind. That's just like Romans 12. Paul is saying, y'all got, we got to, if you're going to push forward, if you're going to walk in unity, if you're going to be united to God, if you're going to be united to one another, you can't be how you used to be. You can't be like the world. You got to put off old stuff. You got to join to the new stuff so that you can come to a fullness in Christ, right? And have your mind renewed. And have your mind renewed that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. You know you ain't got to open your mouth to lie, right? <laughs> I've been taught that you can act a lie too. You can act a lie too. How many of y'all smiled at somebody? They'll be smiling. You talking about them in your head at the same time. You lying. You lying. You're lying. Wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, 
for we are members of one another. And this is no more so important, right, than in the house. It, you, you shouldn't lie anywhere, but especially in the house. And what I mean by that is if you are around, because some of us, we naturally gravitate to people for whatever reason. I believe that. But if you're around somebody, you spend the time with somebody, and you know that this person has a shortcoming or a fault, and you just say, even though you know it's wrong, you lying. How you gonna walk in unity? How the body gonna grow? If y'all, if we don't hold each other accountable for the things that we need to do, if you know somebody need to get their health in order and you don't tell them, right? So y'all be thinking short term. But if I need you to walk with me or, or, or if pastor start traveling and you can't travel because your health ain't in order, you can't preach for long enough because you get tired too fast. No, I'm like, uh, just think about the scenarios, right? That's it. And I'm going back to what I, what I said about creation care. We got to care about one another enough to tell the truth. Like, I'm trying to help you to be better. You got this friend that's talking about they want to buy a house, but get your credit clean. Stop using your credit card. Stop buying everything you see. Stop traveling. That's why you can't save for no down payment. Tell the truth. Girl, you out of order. Dude, you out of order. Like, I'm trying, if I'm going to help you be better, I got to tell you the truth. Thank you, Lord. I'm almost there, y'all. 26 to 32. Here we come. <laughs> Be ye angry and sin not. Let, the, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Why would Paul put that in there? Because he knows when you start walking in unity and you start holding people accountable, they're going to get in their feelings and they're going to get angry. And that's fine. Get angry. But at the end of the day, don't. if I'm telling you, thus said the Lord, you can be mad all you want, but don't, don't do it. Don't do it because you're going to be in sin. You're going to be in error. Be mad all you want, but then say, you know what? I was mad when you told me that, but you know what? You were right. You were right. I thank you for trying to save my life. I thank you for holding me accountable. That hurt, Pastor, when you told me. <laughs> Amen. But I thank you. That part of her story, she know. I thank you. But that's how you walk in unity. Thank you, Lord. Why do we do that? Because the 27th verse says, neither give place to the devil. We do that because we're not going to get like devil. You can't sit here. I'm not going to allow you to sit between by my sister. I'm not going to allow you to sit by my husband. I'm not going to allow you to sit by my child. You can't stay here. We don't give place to the devil. The 28th verse says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands. The things which are good that he may give to him that needeth. Right. What you used to do, don't do that no more. Do it a better way. If you're going to push forward, you got to change, right? I don't care how you used to get stuff in the past. Get stuff. That's part of the problem. How you got that old husband in the past? He was with somebody when you started dating him, and you thought he wasn't going to cheat on you. Why? He's a cheater. He's a cheater. 
Won't work. Y'all having a good time. Thank you, Lord. Do something different. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Right? And see, that's the thing. That's it. That's when we start to begin. I'm almost there, y'all. But when we start to think about sin, when we see that word corrupt, we start to think about, oh, I don't curse. But corrupt communication could be anything that you say to tear down somebody that's outside of unity. Somebody got a dream, right? And you tear them down. Somebody want to do something just better for themselves. Like, I don't care. I don't think you should do that. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, right? To the use of edifying. Stop being so negative all the time. Your, uh, your initial reaction should not be negativity. Your initial reaction should not be critique. Why you do that? Why you say that? That should not, that's not edifying. That plant seeds of doubt in people's brain. First, find out what they're actually trying to say. Find out what they're actually trying to do. Before you say, okay, I've heard you out. I've listened to what you had to say. Now let me edify you in love. Let me give you some correction in love. Right? Your first reaction should not be to tear somebody down. Right? Why? Because the rest of it says that it may minister grace. So even though you might be in the wrong, I'm gonna, I'm kind of, I'm gonna listen to you a little bit because I want you, I want you to know that I'm, I'm in this thing with you and I hear you. I'm gonna extend a little grace unto you. But maybe you didn't grow up in the church. Maybe you didn't have nobody to teach you how to date. Maybe you didn't have nobody to show you how to use your money. Maybe you didn't have nobody to show you how to be a man or a father or whatever it is. So I'm going to extend to you a little grace. I'm not, when the first time I meet you, I'm not just going to go off on you and say, well, you're in the wrong, you're going to hell. I'm extending a little grace to you, but then I'm going to correct you. Why? Because I want eventually, I want you to trust me enough to walk with me. I want you to trust me enough to walk with me. I want you to be able to trust me enough so I can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because ultimately, if we do otherwise, it's that 30th verse, right? Paul tells us, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Why does it grieve the Holy Spirit? Because as a Christian, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be moving in you, and you're supposed to be drawing people to Christ. If you let all your negative stuff get in the way of God, you are pushing them away from Christ. You are in error, and God is mad at you. You grieve in him. He, the Holy Spirit, like, man, I'm trying to, I'm working so hard. I'm working so hard to draw these souls. I'm working so hard to draw your, your child to Christ. But every time, the first thing you do is you go off on it. I'm working so hard to, to save your hood. I'm working so hard to save your wife. I'm working so hard to, to change these folks on your job. But you always negative. You always complaining. You always talking about you tired. Maybe if you would put that plate down sometime, you wouldn't be tired. Maybe if you would go to bed and start watching Netflix, you wouldn't be so tired. And I could, you could wake up fresh and I could use you on your job like I want to. But we don't think about those things as grieving the Holy Spirit. 
Whenever he can't, you whenever he can't have free will with your life, you grieving him. Whenever God can't do what he want to do with you, you grieving him. Let all bitterness, right? This and I, I stopped because I heard the Holy Spirit say, this put a different this put a different spin on self-righteousness, don't it? You don't realize how self-righteous some of us are. We be thinking, I, I know I do right for God. I know I serve. But that's the thing. You can never, on your own, you can never meet God's standard. Amen. You can't. There's always more for you to do. 30, 31st verse, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another. Tender heart, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Right? So that that 32nd verse, and, I, and, I, and I'm coming in, uh, Junior. That 32nd verse, when it says, be kind, right? Be all those things, be kind, tender hearted, forgiving, even. As God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you, that means we are supposed to forgive like God forgave us. You can't come up with your own definition of forgiveness. You can't come up with your own definition of forgiveness. That scripture just told you to forgive like he forgave you. My Bible tells me that when he forgives you, he throws your stuff in the sea of forgetfulness. Right? He blocks out all your transgressions. But we don't have that same unity for one another. It's like we, we want to apply the word to, to our, the, the parts of the word we like. We want to apply that to our life. But when it comes time to live it out and start treating people like the Bible say treat people, then you ain't got to do all that. You don't take all that. Or that's foolish. Why would I do this for these people? Right? Stop being so sure of yourself. And continue to work out your salvation in what? Fear and trivialing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand. Praise.